Vox 175. Disclaimer, Vox 175 will discuss topics that may be sensitive to some listeners. Hello, Monty. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How have you been since the last episode? You know what? Some time has passed, but I'm feeling great. You know, I'm excited to get back into it. Awesome. So do you know what we're discussing this week? I believe it is a third man syndrome. Yes. And have you ever heard of this? Not until you told me. Okay. Well, uh, third man syndrome is a strange phenomenon in which an individual experiences a spiritual entity appear during a critical moment to encourage and guide the person experiencing the event. It is often reported that people who experience this phenomenon sense a presence even though they are alone. Some say it is a spiritual event, while others explain that it might be the brain's way of coping through intense situations such as car accidents. And there is a book called The Third Man Factor, Surviving the Impossible, written by John Geiger, that holds many accounts of third man syndrome from across the country. One of the most famous accounts comes from the World Trade Center on September 11, 2001. Now, I know we discussed this last night, but you don't really uh, believe in spirits, do you? No, I don't, I don't think I do. Uh, is there like a particular reason? Like, do your, like growing up, did you never have like um, any experiences or did you just not ever kind of really think about it? I never really had any, like, any experiences of no, just nothing to, out of the ordinary or something that's like really like made me question like the, my reality. And uh-huh. honestly, like we live in a day and age where there's just cameras everywhere. People are like recording everything. And even then at that point, like we still don't have any like good recordings or proof to sh- show any evidence towards the existence of like spirits or ghosts. I understand. Um, <clears throat> so one of the things about third man syndrome is that it comes from a poem. Did you know that? No, I didn't. So it's a poem by, um, I believe it's T.S. Eliot. And it's called The Third Man Factor or something like that. I think that's what it is. Um, let me, let me, let me just, let me just bring it up here. So I have the actual, oh, it's from a, it's from a, his, uh, uh, work of his literature called The Wasteland. So it, it's, uh, it's a, a specific like paragraph and it's, uh, it says, who is the third who who is the third who walks always behind you? When I count, there are only you and I together. But when I look ahead up the white road, there is always another one walking beside you, gliding wrapped in a brown mantle, hooded. I do not know whether a man or a woman, but who is that on the other side of you? Um, it's a uh, reference to the third in this poem that has given the phenomenon its name. And um, I just wanted to kind of go through some of the stories that were in the book or just a story from the book. And then I I was also able to do some research and find some stories on Reddit. Um, So Geiger spent like five years tracking down all these stories of people who experienced the third man phenomenon. He opens the book with the story of Ron DeFrancisco, a worker at the World Trade Center on 9-11. DeFrancisco was on the 84th floor of the South Tower when the second plane struck. He tried to make his way down the stairwell, but was forced to lie down to avoid a raging fire and thick smoke. It was then that he recalls feeling something grab his hand and lead him out. 
DeFrancisco was the last person to leave the South Tower before it collapsed. Geiger says that the scientific explanations behind Third Man range from biochemical reactions to misfiring brain activity, which is what I mentioned earlier. Um, so th there's a lot of speculation behind what it could possibly be. Uh, the only reason I, I kind of bring this up is because I was scrolling through TikTok the other day and um, a story came up about a person who had experienced a car accident. And in this car accident, they were alone. Yet they remembered coming in and out of consciousness because I believe they had landed in a ditch. And when they were um, like coming to, they remembered that someone sat, like got into the car, into the back seat, and kind of put a hand on their shoulder and was just telling them, like, hey, it's going to be okay. You're going to be fine. Like, help is on the way, et cetera, et cetera. And so eventually when this person ended up like um, being rescued by paramedics, they explained that there was a third person or a second person in the car with them, but the paramedics never saw anyone else. So they thought that was really weird. I was able to find a Reddit story uh, by user a casta. Here, here's my question. Yes. Quick. Is this like, is this real? Is this something that can be like, like prescribed by doctors like oh yeah that you you experience a third man syndrome or because to me this just sounds like he said she said like anyone can just say that they've experienced this but it doesn't actually mean anything well there's no proof like there's no there's no saying that they actually like this actually happened there's a lot of people online especially tiktok that are that are just ex like exclaiming that all these things have happened to them or that they have this disease that disease no no, no. it's it's stories from this book but that, that's where i got it this is like the it's a syndrome it's not it's not so did the, it's not the first like, a, like record of the syndrome come from the book was it no is that no, 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 no no this is just a phenomenon that people okay it's like pareidolia do you know what pareidolia is no it, it is the human's like brain's it is the human brain's ability to find patterns, especially like not not just patterns, but but human faces, like human features and other things. And we have a tendency to do that, but it's a phenomenon. It's, it's called the pareidolia effect, right? We see faces in so many things. We can see it in like uh, uh, a socket, an electrical socket, socket or outlet. Yeah, but we saying see you see faces <clears throat> is different from saying like someone like grabbed your hand and pulled you out of a of a, out of a burning building. But the thing is like there there's there's depth to that story so he explains that he never saw anyone grab his hand but it was like a feeling like a feeling of someone guiding him and when they talk about it they say it's like a it's like a voice in their head that they hear like telling them to keep moving so that's why i say sometimes it might just be like a, a brain uh signal misfiring but it's the brain's way of coping or ensuring the survival of said person so I mean, there are so many other phenomenons out there that we don't really know how to explain. Science is, you know, the, the reason we have uh, explanations by so many things, but there are things that even science cannot explain. So, <clears throat> moving on to this this Reddit user, this story comes from Reddit user Acastagnola2511. They say... I went on a class camping trip with two of my friends. They had been on the last year's trip and took me around to all the cool spots, including some dilapidated water tower in the thick of the Oregon woods. It was a perfect place to gossip, tell jokes, and talk shit about people we didn't like. You know, teenager stuff. 
The next day, we head back out after lunch is over and into the dense Oregon forest. The water tower is off the trail, up a muddy path, and when we grow bored of that, we three head back to the main trail and head it off to explore further. We mess around and find some cool bones of a fox or whatever, take its teeth because we're stupid teens, but we try to be respectful. We hear a noise, become intent and quiet. There are bears and mountain lions and lynx and coyotes and any manner of things that could be dangerous since we were off trail. Another snap of a twig close by and we race out of there at top speed, onto the path and away ASAP. We run so fast that when I see the dirt pathway that would take us back to camp via water tower, the others say that that's not the path and urge me to get the fuck out and just keep running. Well, it was the path, and when we stopped running long enough to get our bearings, we had taken enough turns to have come, become completely lost. It was still light out, so we chose to keep walking until we found a sign or something. I didn't start to worry until the sun began to set. It had snowed the night before. As I began devising strategies on how to make sure my friends and I would survive the night, I could see the back of my friend, Deb, her long, thick chestnut hair in a neon geometric patch fish jacket, that 90s material that makes a sound like fish, fish, fish when you walk around and it rubs against itself. As I'm thinking of ways to make sure that we don't suffer from exposure, the sun has set and it is now completely dark. We can no longer see details. Animals are moving in the darkness. We are terrified, but Deb seems to know where she is going, so there is some comfort there. Suddenly, she darts to the right, and my other friend shortly after says she sees a road. Thank God. We fight through the overgrown ferns and underbrush onto the asphalt. It's completely empty and silent, but it's a start. So we pick a direction and start walking. After several minutes, we hear a rumble and then see headlights. We each pick up a rock or a sharp stick to feel safe and wave the car down. This is where it gets fucking weird. The car stops. A middle-aged guy steps out and asks what the fuck we're doing in the road at midnight. We all start talking at once, how we are with our school group, we are lost and have been since one that afternoon, they must be looking for us, how far away is the site or a ranger station. He offers us a ride and after inspecting the doors to assure that child safety locks are disengaged, we discuss if we teen girls should get in the car with the strange man who happened to be driving in the woods at midnight during the off season. Stupidly, we find ourselves accepting his offer and pile in. Makeshift weapons in hand. I take the front seat next to him, feeling most confident in my ability to go bitch crazy on this motherfucker if he crosses my friends or I. Um, I strike up a conversation while giving directions, and he tells me his story, which is eerie and spooky. He's on a retreat with his church group. At 11.30, he woke up craving a Pepsi. He normally doesn't even drink soda, but he had to have a Pepsi. All he could find was Coke. His craving was so strong he got into his car to drive for an hour in the middle of the night to the nearest station, but on his way, he happened upon a group of terrified, freezing, hope hopelessly lost teenage girls. Somehow, we get back to the school cabin and hell breaks loose. The chaperones are freaking out and so forth. Church guy explains that he found us like 15 miles on a random back road, blah blah blah. We don't care, we need food, blankets, and rest. Back home, we can't wait to tell our youth group everything that happened. When we get to the part about Pepsi guy, the speculation comes out and we are all like, no guys, seriously, this happened. Deb, back us up. You were there. Deb shakes her head and says she can't have been there. She doesn't go to our school. The person who led us to safety through the woods, I could have sworn on my life, was Deb, though I never saw her face, nor does she own a jacket like the one we were remembering her wearing. 
We would have had been in a very we would have been in very serious trouble if a rando at church camp decided to ignore a soda craving. How was I able to give directions to our camp without knowing where we were to begin with and having truly a bafflingly bafflingly terrible sense of direction? There are some psychological phenomena at play, but some aspects of this experience remain a mystery. Have you ever experienced this third man syndrome? I'm trying to think about um weird things I've experienced that might relate to this. Um, you know, I can tell my little ghost story. Cause I, I know earlier I said that I don't believe in ghosts, but I, I did have one incident that like really, really pushed me towards like believing. But the thing is, it's just been so long and I don't even know if like, I'm even telling the same like story correctly anymore. Well, let's see if it's a story that you've told me before multiple times and, I'll but I the- like I remember <clears throat> it from when it happened. I remember feeling it, and I remember just feeling the, like the the fear as well. And that fear, like it kind of it stuck with me. That's how I'm able to like still tell the story in like detail. But at the same time, I've told it so many times. I don't know if I've like if the story's changed over time as well. But from what I can remember, um, I was young, maybe like 11 years old, and I was playing with my brother, who's like four years younger than me. And uh, we were just playing in the kitchen in our pajamas. It was late at night. uh, And we were playing with, like, plastic lightsabers, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, like, there's even, like, like, I don't know about just adding, like, unnecessary detail. But this detail is, like, it's important to me, for for me to, like, tell the story. Like, I couldn't even remember the exact, like, lightsabers that they were. They were, like, these really, like, shitty Target ones where it's, like... um, uh, they weren't, they were like a thick plastic and then, um, like the, the actual, like, cause, um, the lightsaber, like the actual like beam of the lightsaber, mm-hmm. like it can go up and down and it goes up like a, like a tube and it, like a it, bunch of it, little tubes. Okay. So is it like that three step kind of like, yeah. Cause, cause I, I used get, to have one of those mm-hmm. too. Yeah. And it was like, um, it was like a thick plastic, almost like the balls from like a ball pit. Like, just imagine, like, you're touching the ball, but imagine, like, the plastic's, like, thicker. Yeah. Made from, like, a rougher material. And then the button to, like, unleash, like, the, the two parts of the lightsaber, it was, like, a, it was a bright, like, red circle button. And it was, like, a thick button, too. But um, just, like, regardless of that. So we were swinging them around. And then, I don't know, like, for some reason, I just, like, I was shoved. And I was, like, looking at my brother the whole time who was in front of me. Not, like, directly in front of me, but he was, like, a couple steps ahead of me. Mm -hmm. Like, lightsaber distance. Like, oh, we can have a lightsaber fight. But, um, yeah, I was, like, I was shoved from, like, the forward. From your chest? From my chest, yeah. And then I just hear, like, a scream. Like, and the scream came from, like, right in front of me, too. And it was I like I knew it wasn't my brother because I was looking at him the whole time, and and so that that push like it knocked me down. I I landed on my ass. Where were you guys? Where was this at? This was in my kitchen. And were you guys home alone? No, I don't think we were home alone. I just I just remember like the the kitchen and the living room being empty. It was dark. Most of the lights were off. Like they were off in the living room, on in the kitchen. And then just after being pushed, like, I was I was so frightened after that. My brother was so confused. He, like, he came to me, and he's like, you know, what's wrong? 
And I was just like, I, I just, I just told him, I don't want to do this anymore. So we just, we, from there, we just went to the living room. We sat on the couch and we just watched TV. And if I can like try to remember the story a little bit better, we would put on like SpongeBob or something. I, I mean, I have a lot of like ghost stories and I, I guess it could be related to this topic because, um, see, I, with me specifically though, like my stories kind of lasted until, well, I mean, I, I can't even think of like the most recent thing, like, like anything happening to me. Like I've had, okay, no, I have had experiences recently. I have, but they've all, they've all been at my store and it it's stuff like now that I'm an adult, I can genuinely say like, okay, like this is stuff that I can't explain. So my most recent one or the one that really stuck out to me was, and the only reason I'm telling this is because like, I wasn't the only one that witnessed it. And the person, the other person that witnessed it with me was someone that is very like skeptical, way more skeptical than you. doesn't believe in any of that stuff um, because you know, he's like super Christian, but uh, we were closing one night at my store and him and I were, were talking and he's standing by the hallway leading to the bathrooms, which we had just checked because we have to check them before we close. That way I can count the money and put everything away in the safe safely. The doors were locked. There was no one in there, but him and I. And also I remember this specifically because I, I believe this was during COVID and the donut shop next door was closed. And usually if the donut shop is open, we can hear like, like if they're playing music, if they're talking, if they're moving stuff around, like you can hear it. Right. And the other reason I bring this up is because people might say like, okay, well, if your building's like next to another building, like maybe you're hearing stuff, but no, both businesses aside from us were closed. Plus it was the weekend. So the, uh, the business on the left side of us closes at two on the weekend and they're a pharmacy and the business on the right side of us was a donut shop. And so they were closed during COVID. So we're, we're talking and we're, we're closing. And then all of a sudden I hear a whistle. We hear a whistle come from the hallway where the bathrooms are. And him and I look at each other and we're like, what the hell was that? And I, like, I thought it was him messing with me, but it wasn't. And so I was like, come, let's go check the bathrooms together again, just to make sure that no one's in here. We go to check the bathrooms and there's no one there. And I was like, okay, well that was weird. It sent chills down my spine. I was like, okay, let's just close and get out of here. And I've always kind of suspected that something was weird about my store because there have been multiple times where the ice bin has like flown off the top of the ice machine. And I'm not talking just like it falls off. No, it'll fly across the back house. Um, and then like months later or not even months later, like a couple years later, and this is like up to now, you know, I, I've experienced uh, the past two times when we were closing that um, when we prop the doors open, they're they're latched onto these things. And these latches, I mean, they do not budge. And these are heavy doors, right? They, they don't budge and you really have to unlatch it. Like you have to like pull it up with your finger just to get it like, you have to kind of maneuver the door a little bit, like push it forward so it kind of loosens it up and then unlatch it to let it close. And so we're about to close and we're about to walk out. I'm about to set the alarm and stuff. And then I hear the door just slam the one that we had propped open and I was closing with one of my other coworkers and she was like, what the fuck? So once again, we go to check the bathrooms and there's no one there. 
So I'm just like, okay, whatever. And then the the night, another night we're closing, we were doing clean play or something. And I had one of my partners, my, my, my uh, coworkers, um, cleaning the restroom and the door closed and I heard it close and I was like, okay, whatever. She must be cleaning it. And then I walk over there and she looks at me and she like freezes in place. She's like, you're fucking with me. And I was like, what? And she's like, didn't you just go into the restroom right now? And I was like, no. And she tells me that she saw like a, like someone's shoulder as they were entering the restroom. And I was like, what the fuck? So I, I like opened it to check it and there was no one there. And I was like, okay, are you sure it didn't just like close on its own? She's like, no, I, I latched it. I made sure it was latched. And I was like, okay, well, that's really weird. So, so those are some of my like experiences recently. As for like my childhood ones, I mean, I had a lot of like little childhood like experiences, but when you're a kid, like you don't really. I tend to like you tend to like rethink it because like even after that point from the story that I had, like I've never like I, I it from from then on like I think about things a little differently like okay maybe like. You know, I I question everything like again. Like so, every time I think that there's something off or something like, oh, supernatural. Like I always just rethink it. Like, even in the situation where it's like, oh, that that's scary, but I'm like, okay, well, there's nothing there. Why would something be there? Okay, well, here's the thing about your situation, right? Even okay, even like what I experienced recently, it's like, okay, well, maybe the door just came unlatched or whatever, or maybe the whistle was from something else. But being physically pushed. That's something that I always found kind of weird, too, because like like I was like pushed compared to like, oh, just something flying off like the handle. And I remember being in school and like telling this story. And this was like years later, too, but still like a long time ago because I was like in school at the time. And I remember telling it to like a a teacher or something just because we were like talking. And then the teacher's like, oh, so you had blank like kind of a paranormal. Like he gave it a name. And I was like, what does that mean? And he's just like, yeah, what's where like you, you physically like, like physically like you experience it. Like they touched you or kind of thing. And I was just like, what the fuck? Was it a poltergeist? <laughs> I have no idea. But going back to like the third man, because I know we're going a little off topic. I don't want to discredit like anyone's stories or anything. I know I'm like being a skeptic. But honestly, like my mom once told me that like she is like starting to become like a bit more religious again. And I, I always thought it was weird when she told me that. I was like, okay, well, because she's always been like, uh, she's been like me. She's like a skeptic of everything. She, yeah. she questions everything. And so I was like, oh, well, like what brought this on? But she told me that she just, it makes her feel more comfortable. And like an example she gave me was that when she's driving, she she likes to believe that uh, like her brother who, um, and I'm like, like, like just to say, but yeah, her brother had passed away. That she likes to imagine her brother like sitting next to her. I guess I don't know if it, you can call it like the third man syndrome, but it's like, it. I guess it is like the the brain creating that little like comfort. Well, sometimes you know, like, but the difference between you and me is like I'm not religious per se, but I am. I would say I'm pretty spiritual, and um, I I truly believe that there are, you know, we we do have people that like kind of protect us and, 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 and guide us. Um, the number of times that I've, I've nearly been in a car accident 
um, or could have been, and it just, it didn't happen because for some reason, like either I felt something guide me or just tell me like instinctually, like, Hey, watch out. Like the number of times that's occurred, it's like unbelievable. And then the car accident that we were in, the fact that we all kind of came out of it and we were okay. I think it wasn't a bad car accident. It wasn't a bad car accident, but still like it could have been a lot worse. Oh yeah. And should we give some context to that? It's kind of interesting <laughs> to talk about. I feel like we've never really like told anyone like in detail the whole, like, I don't, I don't think we've ever told anyone aside from, you know, anyone that was there that day, but, um, it was just a rainy, it was October 15th. Was it rainy? It wasn't rainy. It was raining. No, it wasn't. It was. No, you're it remembering sprinkly. it wrong. No, it was sprinkly. I yeah. remember. I'm going to tell a story how I remember. Do you not remember it. how wet the museum was? No. Okay. So, like, to give everyone context, we live in, like, the Los Angeles, like, area, kind of. So, we we went to go to the Getty Museum. If anyone knows where that is. It's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's not, like, a normal museum. What kind of... It's, like, an art museum, right? Yeah, so, it's, like, it's extra a, it's boring, right? art museum, yeah. Yeah. So, we went there because, um... Was it Cairo's like sister wanted to go? Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, because they had a Vince Van Gogh piece at the time. So we we're like, oh, we're going to go look at it. It was the flower one, I believe, right? The sunflower? Yes, yes. Correct. So we had gone for that. And if you've ever gone to a museum, you know there's just so much walking, right? And so we were just walking the whole day, looking at art. We had worked. We had worked pretty late the previous night too. And yeah, that, that so was another another like factor. this is this is important detail to the story. So we're, we're just walking around a lot. We're just looking at art, and so it gets to the point where okay, it's time to go. And all of us have been doing this for like hours at this point, just walking, blah blah blah. And so when we get in the car, I guess um, our driver was getting a little sleepy, and so we ended up uh, hitting the rear of uh, the car in front of us. And like I'd never been in a car accident before then, so it was just like because it makes me think about like being in a car accident like now, just because like it, literally it can happen at any time. Because I wasn't um, I can't remember what I was doing. Because I remember like it it was all of us like we 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 were all like kind of getting like really tired, and we could see that all. I know that um, it was you and me in the back, and then it was Bo and Lupus in the front. And then I remember you were like half asleep and I was like trying to show you videos and stuff. And then uh, obviously like Bo was pretty tired and then Lupus was tired as well. And then just like I was on my phone just looking at videos. I had an AirPod in and then just in a like in a second, it's just like we woke up. and it Yeah, it's just, just like, like you nudged like eh, like as asleep as I was or as tired as I was, I wasn't anymore. Like I was just I was up at that point. I was like, what just happened? Like we were just in that car accident and it, it wasn't bad. You it know was, what? You know what the perfect example of it was? It was, um, we, we saw it in better call Saul when she's driving. Yeah. That's a pretty, if you ever seen a uh, better call Saul, it's like the sister series to breaking bad. There's a scene where a character's driving a car and she's just like, uh, she's, she's like really exhausted and she's tired and she's she like essentially blinks and she opens her eyes and, and she's, she's in a car like, accident. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, like, uh, to give some context, like, um, it was my car and i was your extreme. airbags didn't go off either that yeah, was kind of crazy yeah which is why i didn't get another honda after that but um it was my car and um i had bo drive because bo is the safest driver of us all and that day like usually like even if bo's tired he'll never he'll never fall asleep 
you know and it's like t- going back to that like just driving while you're tired so i used to go to uh when i was younger younger just like early in the relationship i used to go to your your house every day and then we'd essentially spend the whole day there and i would like go home like at midnight and most of the time like we'd end the day with just like laying in bed just like essentially just sleeping right yeah and so you would wake me up like okay time to go home <laughs> you'd be like time to go home and so i would like i would drive so so tired and uh i'm not i don't live far from from his house from your house at the time yeah it was like maybe like 10 minutes but and that this 10 minutes is just 10 minutes not on the freeway just streets right so stop signs red lights those are things that i have to look out for right and so just driving while I'm so tired and it even got to because I would do this every day, essentially. And there would be points where it's like I I make it home and I was so tired. I didn't even have the energy to get out of my car. So I just like I park and then I just pass out. But not to mention, like, like that's how tired I was. So there were literally times where I'm driving home and I'm just so tired where it's just like I'm literally falling asleep while I'm like at the wheel. And then that made me like, as soon as we got into that car crash, after that, I'm just like, wow, I'm surprised I haven't been in a car crash sooner. Okay, see, okay. Because I was more tired those times than I was from the Getty. There was that one night where you went home and you didn't tell us you got home. And so we were like trying to call you. Yeah, that was the time where I fell asleep in my car. And after that, I started driving you home. I remember that because I started, I was like, okay, we're not going to do this again. Yeah, that was like that. So yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll explain that too. So for that situation, like I had, um, so what we would normally do is that you would wake me up and it'd be like 11, almost 12 mm-hmm. at night. And so you'd be like, okay, you know, it's, it's getting late time to go home kind of thing. And so I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wake myself up and get up and then drive home. So I drive home by myself. And then, uh, our routine was when, as soon as I get home, I would do whatever I do, but I would always tell you, like, as soon as I get through the door, like, oh, I'm home now, you know? Yeah. I made it. And so one day, like, I was just so tired. I'm driving home, like, very sleepy, and I just, I never get inside the house. I fall asleep right outside in my car. And so I guess, like, my mom had, like, called you and said, like, you know, where it's late, where is he kind of thing, right? And then, so you didn't, you were, like, trying to contact me, and I was just, like, asleep in my car, like, on the wheel, and so I guess like you had drove to my house to like investigate because you had my location right on the phone. At yeah, because I was like, I was like, because we had shared locations for for events such as like that because I was always worried about like you like crashing or something. And um, so, yeah, and then the next thing I know, I'm waking up to like, like you guys like just in, in, on the street in the car, like trying to wake me up. And I was just like, oh, shit, I fell asleep. And I was like, oh, let me go inside. <laughs> and then from then on like i don't i from then on even like because uh, we'd still do the same routine i'd stay at your house we'd leave at night but i wouldn't drive home i would just be in the passenger seat and i'd fall asleep and you would take me home yeah and yeah. then you'd have a uh, bow behind you yeah so whenever pick- after you drop off my car you would just both take you home yeah it was just to ensure your safety but i mean yeah, I mean, we survived all of that, and I'm glad that we don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> uh, but as far as, like, you know, uh, like, falling asleep at the wheel, like, after that accident, honestly, it taught me the value of proper sleep. Because I think before I that, think work like, is teaching me that more than anything. Yeah. Like when I was younger, I remember, like, 
having the energy, not wanting to go to sleep, waking up super early, not really enjoying sleep as much as I do now to just like, okay, the only times where I get to really enjoy sleep are like our days off. And then even when I get home, like after work, it's just like, I don't really like want to go to sleep. Oh, I dropped my phone, but continuing to what I was saying, it's like, I don't want to go to sleep because I know that I'm not going to like really enjoy the sleep. So I'm only going to be sleeping for like a little bit. But, um, no, I mean, maybe, maybe going back to like third man syndrome, I mean, maybe, you know, there is something protecting us out there. I'm sure there is. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't rely on that completely, you know? Um, I, one last story before we go, I know we got of and we kind of got off, off topic here with the car accident things, but, um, in March of 2015, my grandfather passed away. And it was a it was a Friday and he passed away and it was just a really weird, weird, weird day. I I don't know if you've ever had anyone pass away like that you personally knew, but when someone passes away, it's like all time stops and you you can't like you focus on on like everything, like everything all at once, like. When I say that, what I mean is when my grandfather passed away and I found that out, time stopped. It was a sunny day. It was breezy. And I remember seeing like the the leaves kind of falling from, you know, the trees nearby. And I li- I I'd went I've gone to school. I I went to school by a very busy street. And usually you can hear the traffic, but that day I didn't hear any traffic at all. It was just, it's like everything else was silent, but the wind and the birds and and the trees blowing and that was it. And then I went to go see his body because it was still there. The coroners hadn't picked him up yet. And then the Sunday after we, we kind of had to organize stuff because my grandmother couldn't live alone. So my aunt started to live with her and um, we, we had the funeral and everything went by and I think it would only took about like uh, a week or two for the funeral to happen and for everything to kind of, um, finally settle into place. But there was this one Sunday after, you know, all had been said and done, he was buried and everything. And we wanted to do like a family breakfast. So me, my cousins, my my aunts, my uncles, and my dad, my grandmother, we all went to this Mexican restaurant. We we ate after church because we all went to church. And I don't really go to church, but we went to church for her. And we ate. We went home, and we all gathered at the house. And my dad had noticed that there was a, a voicemail on the on the phone. And the thing about that is that my grandmother has a landline, but no one ever calls it. No one ever calls it because my aunt pretty much makes sure that no one calls it unless they, they absolutely need something for an emergency because she doesn't want anyone bothering my grandmother, especially at that time. So we we play the voicemail, and it sounds really, really, like, garbled. It sounds, like, glitched. And we hear a voice, and it says, I'm sorry. In, like, the middle of, like, the voicemail, and it sounds like my grandfather's voice. And so all of us were like, what the fuck? 
so my dad was like that that's not that's not possible like, like, like that that can't be so he went to go check like the phone records because it'll tell you like who's calling in at what time and we matched up the time with the phone records and that whole day that whole morning when the voicemail came in not a single call came through not even on the phone records anything so it was literally just a voicemail that was just put onto the the answering machine and we don't know where it came from because no one could have messed with it because we were all literally outside the house no one was home no one had called and so i i recorded it onto um my device my device i have it somewhere here in the house but uh it's still i'm sure it's still there but until this day like it's just that was probably one of the things that has always weirded me out it was just weird to hear my grandfather's voice on the answering machine after the fact. And this was like a couple weeks after he had already passed. Mm-hmm. So that's my little story <laughs> in regards to uh, ghosts. Yeah. Sorry we went a little off topic, but I think where we ended up going was a little... I think it's pretty interesting enough to stand on its own for a topic for an episode. Yeah, I mean, third man syndrome kind of relates to like uh, a spiritual it does. entity, and mm-hmm. I and I like ghost ghost stories are kind of my favorite, especially. And here's the thing: I get what you're saying when it comes to skepticism, because I think over time, especially now with the whole like internet and like all the cameras, I I've started to realize that my skepticism has become a little more like um, it has increased. Because so many people fake videos or fake audio and it's so easy to do a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But when you hear ghost stories from like family members and stuff, like people you trust and know that when you hear it, they've experienced it firsthand. Like that's a different thing. Or when you experience it yourself, that that's a different experience. That's a different feeling. Like that sends chills down my spine. Anyways, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Vox 175. Um, If you have any ghost stories of your own, please uh, do contact us. I would love to hear them. Um, you can go to our website, www.dimos. That's D3IMOS.com. You can find Vox175, the Hey Mr. Monty uh, podcast channel. And we also have a blog that you can go check out under Vox175 where you can leave comments. I'll be posting stories there as much as I can. And then um, I look forward to hearing from you guys. So thank you so much for listening and bye-bye. Bye-bye.